morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? It's good to see you. I'm glad you're here. I hope that God is blessing you. I hope that uh, God is, that you are encountering your father today as we are a part of this service. I'm going to do something very quick and very special here right now before we get started. This is something that we just decided to do this past week. You may uh, know who our youth minister is. His name's Payton. He was doing, he was hosting our service just now. His name's Payton Rogers. He's been with us. Payton, you've been with us how long? Two years. So he's been with us two years, and he's doing an amazing job in our Pulse Youth Worship. I don't know if, uh, if your kids are a part. I strongly recommend, if your kids are not a part of our youth ministry, I strongly recommend that you do that. I have seen God do some incredible things through kids who have grown up through our kids' ministries and been a part of our youth ministries. Um, my own kids are a part of that and what God has done through their lives. I, it is priceless. But he came down and, uh, to my office and he sat across my desk or, or at the table that we always sit at. And he goes, hey, I need to talk to you about something. And I said, what? And he shows me this picture. I said, he goes, I don't know how you expect me to do ministry in the auditorium, the old auditorium, the youth ministry, because we have nothing over there, Travis. Uh, we took the drums. We took all the music. We took everything. And they've been having to do praise and worship with a little you know, a little drum-looking thing and an acoustic guitar. I, can't, I don't think, what the, that's a beatbox or something. Anyway, anyway, he said, I have to have some equipment. So I said, uh, you know, we didn't plan for this. We didn't budget for this. So what I did in the first worship and what I want to do now is I want to receive an offering for our youth ministry. So I know that uh, this, this may come as a little bit of a surprise, but that's okay. I'm going to ask our ushers if they'll come. If, you, if you'd like, uh, just go ahead and remain seated, but I'm going to ask them to come. And uh, here's what we're going to give towards today. We need to get some drums. We need to get some keyboards. Uh, we need to get some, uh, some, a lot of equipment that they talked to me about and gave me a list. And it is a few thousand dollars, but I want you to see this as not just that we're buying equipment. I want you to see this as making an investment into our kids' ministry, making an investment in our youth. And maybe you say, Travis, I don't have any kids that are old enough to go to Pulse, or maybe my kids are grown. But it's all right to make a financial investment into the next generation. Amen? So even if, even if you know, you're not a part of that, you don't have kids to be a part of that, my kids are no longer a part of it. They're, they are, but I have definitely reaped the results of a good youth ministry, a solid ministry. So what we're doing today is we're giving towards that ministry into their equipment, into what they're doing. And uh, I'm kind of ashamed of myself that I didn't plan for this. I'm kind of ashamed of my, that I overlooked this completely. And they were like, hey, uh, you cleaned this out. So uh, anyway, so just give as God has, has uh, blessed you. This is not a regular tithes and offering. I'm going to receive a second offering at the end for that. We usually don't receive two offerings. This is just a special thing that we want to do. If you're here for the first time, please don't feel obligated uh, this, is, this is for us that, that are committed to this and want to see this happen. So I ask that you, you speak to, or that you ask God to speak to you about what you can give and be a part of this. If you're not prepared to give for this today, you can always give online or one of the six ways that, that we have to give. But I ask you to give towards something. Help us, you know, at least get something towards, uh, give something towards the future of our church and an integral part of our church today. Is this okay? All right. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be here today. Thank you, Lord, for an incredible youth ministry. Thank you, Lord, for the, the young people that have come out of it. And thank you, Lord, 
for the kids that are going to go through it, for the kids that aren't even a part of it yet, that are going to be blessed and lives changed and kids saved. I pray, Lord, that as we give towards this, Lord, not only will it meet the, uh, the needs, the, vet, the investment meet the needs, but also, Lord, it, it, it is multiplied. And those who give today, Lord, that, that it blesses their lives. You not only supply the seed to the sower, you multiply that we can continue to give and be generous in every situation. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So give as God has blessed you. And as we're doing that, I want to say quickly that next week is our grand opening of this facility. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. We're, we've been getting ready for that. We've been trying to work out all of the kinks and all the things with the sound. Uh, last week, we, our lighting was a little bit off, and I was looking at pictures, and everybody in here was baby blue. So, hey, can you turn, the, can, can you turn everybody red? You know how to do that? We can turn you whatever color we want to now. Can you turn everybody red just for a second? So we can turn, we can turn you whatever. All right, that's, you're really impressed, aren't you? Hey, turn everybody purple. Turn everybody purple. So what color you guys want to be today? You just want to be, you want to be green? Uh, we're just going to make you ambient light, okay? That's what, that was the word that they said, ambient light. Every, every, Everybody last week, including me on stage, was baby blue, so I said we had to work that out. We're also working out the sound kinks. We're working out what's going on in kids' ministry, those things. Everything is a work in progress, and, and uh, things have got to be uh, tweaked a little bit, but this is exciting. What's been interesting to me is your reaction to being in a larger building. Uh, we're used to going to church over there in this smaller facility, and if it's a huge difference. You really don't know how much larger this building is until you walk over there now. You're thinking, man, how did we even fit in here? So anyway, what's interesting is watching you guys doing praise and worship, everybody's just going like this. <laughs> just looking at everything. That's a big screen, isn't it? So we're not even done with that yet. You, wait till you see that next week, what we're going to do with that. And that's, that's not, that's, we're not here trying to impress, or that's not what that's about. That's just trying to make church a little bit more effective as reaching people that don't know Christ. Which brings me to what I was going to tell you. In December, we're doing a special message called Christmas at the Movies. And we're going to utilize our media. Uh, 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 we, for years, I remember when we first started, we got a camera. We were the first church in town to have a, a real camera, a nice movie camera, and one of these projectors. Because, you know, I remember, does anybody remember using the uh, slide projectors? So that's, we were the first church in town to do that, and we did everything with that. And uh, we, way back then, we did these, this series about movies. And uh, since then, there are churches all over the place that have stolen our idea about that. So uh, I'm just kidding, of course. Nobody steals ideas. Nothing's ever, But we're going to, that is a special time for you to bring people, bring your friends, bring people that don't know Christ. We're going to have a lot of fun with that as we are going to take different Christmas movies and draw the God factor out of those, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and you're going to have a good time. And speaking of a good time, make sure you're part of a trunk or treat tonight at our church. Uh, so we put on, this on every October, a fall festival, that the kids get to dress up. Hey, we don't want any vampires, witches, or goblins. We don't want to scare the kids. Keep it clean. And uh, I know you want to dress up as Freddy Krueger with knives on your hands, but we got kids here, so uh, make sure that it's, 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 you know, it's a, more of a happy 
whatever. But we're going to have a great time, have lots of food. Even if you're not a part of a connect group or whatever, you've never been to something like this, come and be a part of that. Bring your kids. It's going to be a great time tonight at, at I believe it's around 5 o'clock. We're going to have lots of food and whatever. Uh, Peyton's going to be saying a few things about that here in just a second. Well, let me get busy. Uh, we are continuing a series today called Dream On. And we've been discussing the life of Joseph, how God put some things in his heart that, that uh, he, and, and would take him on a journey, that, that he would take him far from his home and he would deposit some things in his life that for Joseph it didn't even make sense. But the next 13 years of his life after he was ripped from his home would prepare him for the next 80 years of his life. And then he became the, one of the greatest leaders of in th- that in those days was the modern world. But this whole thing started with a dream that he held on to throughout his journey. And hopefully God has placed something on the inside of your heart that you have not ignored. And as that has happened, a lot of times the devil will creep into your life and try to destroy the dreams of greatness and the aspirations that he has for your life. The devil will try to destroy that from your life. But what you do is you must hold on to that dream. Dream on. Let's kick this off with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here today. Speak to us today by your Holy Spirit through your word. And I pray that you will change us and confront us in areas of our lives that need to be changed. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, I want you to look at your neighbor up and down and say, you must be dreaming. Now when I say dream, of course, as I said before, I'm not talking about what happened to you last night when you were unconscious. Those dreams are affected by what we're stressed about. Those dreams are affected by even if we had too much pizza. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the aspiration, the desires that are connected to your talent, that, that you grew up believing that you might have a chance, that, 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 you, that, you know, that you might have something that God wants to do in your life, a dream, a, a, a vision, an image of the future of your life, something that brings fulfillment, something that's tied to your destiny, something that brings about even success in your life. You believe that God has given you a dream. That's what I'm talking about. Last week we began talking about Joseph, how he was kicked out of his home. He was sold into slavery. Maybe as we're here today in our time that we have together, maybe God has has been dealing with you about something that has happened to you. Maybe you feel that way like Joseph. You have been kicked out of a community or maybe you feel like something has happened to you. You've been betrayed. You've been shanghaied. You have been you know, beat down in life or oppressed. Maybe you feel displaced and I'm gonna be talking about that here in just a second. But I want you to see this and before I'm done here today, hopefully you can see that where you are, even if you're not there by your own means, that where you are today is right where God wants you to be because of what he's going to do in your life in the future, if I can get you to believe that, that it's part of God's process. I will never tell you that everything happens for a reason and that which has happened to you, if it's a bad thing, that God caused that because God does not cause bad things to happen to us. But sometimes God will allow things to happen to us and allow us to suffer things that we don't understand. And right in the middle of it, we just don't get it. We don't understand. It doesn't make sense. But if we will hold on, we will understand that God will take us through where we can look back and say, okay, that makes a little bit more sense now. That's where we're going today. Here's what we do know. Here's what we do know. Romans 8 and 28. Maybe you've heard this verse before. And we know. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. 
God does not cause all things to happen to us. God does not cause the bad things to happen to us. However, we serve such an incredible God that will bring good out of every situation. You see, it says there, for those that are called according to his purpose. When you gave your life to Christ, you took up this calling of the Lord Jesus to become an ambassador. You also were adopted into his family and you became a child of God. Listen to me. The whole world were not all children of God. The Bible says, for those that who believe in him, for they, for them, he gave them to be the, he gave them the right to be called children of God. We become children of God as we give our lives to Christ. We're heirs with Christ. We're family. We're the family of God. And when that happens, you become called. And when you are called, you, that does not mean that you are rescued and you are protected from everything that happens to you. But this we know that even if bad things happen to us, God is going to turn that situation around and he's going to make it actually good for us and he's going to bring good even out of the worst situations. If you believe that, say yes. So here's what we must do. This is why I use this phrase, we must dream on. You dream on if you feel betrayed. You dream on if you feel cheated. You dream on if you feel kicked out. You dream on if you feel taken advantage of. You dream on in any situation. You hold on to that because God will take you through any situation in your life. You may remember last week we talked about how dreams are fulfilled through first God's timing. I call these dream on factors that if we're not careful, we will disguise or we will mistake God's will for God's timing. In other words, when we feel like God has called us to do something, when we feel like God is going to move greatly in our lives and we're on the brink of something great, we're on the brink of something that we've been praying about in our lives and God is about to move, what happens is sometimes there is this delay and we'll begin to doubt. See, delay will sometimes cause us to doubt, and we will begin to doubt that whether or not this is God's will. Well, no, it's, it's, it's God's will. It just might not be God's timing right now. So that was the next thing. And what I'm talking to you about today is that when it comes to dreams being fulfilled, they are fulfilled through not just God's timing, but also God's positioning. God's positioning. In other words, God's leads, God leads us into new places that fulfill his divine plans. If you have your Bibles, go to Genesis 39 and 1. This is where we left off last week. It talks about how Joseph, just after he was ripped away from his family, sold into slavery, he was taken down to Egypt. Here's what it says. It says, when Joseph was taken, he didn't volunteer, he was taken. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph. That's very significant. We're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything that he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Notice that, that Joseph decided to do something about his situation. He decided to serve. He says, Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything that he owned. From that day, Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property. The Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. 
All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything that he owned. With Joseph, he didn't, with Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except the kind of food that he would eat. So these dream on factors that I talked about, it's according to God's timing and it's according to God's positioning. I want to specifically talk about God's positioning today. The first thing that we realize when we look at God's positioning, sometimes we find our place or find ourselves in a place where we didn't mean to get there. We find ourselves, hey, how did I get here? Why am I even here? And a lot of times that happens because of circumstances beyond our control. So the first thing I want to tell you about when it comes to God's positioning and finding ourselves in a place that we didn't plan to be in, first of all, realize this. God is not always fair. I know that life is not always fair, but God isn't always fair. You see, Joseph, he started out in the land of Canaan. This was the land of Canaan that was given to his great-grandfather, his grandfather Abraham. He was, this land was given to Abraham. It was, he was going to inherit this land. Joseph was, and all of a sudden, he finds himself in the land of Egypt, sold into slavery. That was, that was not fair. He was supposed to grow up in Canaan. He finds himself displaced. What is, what is it to be displaced? That is when something takes over in your life. Something replaces something else. It was not, you didn't give this up. You didn't replace it. It's, you've been displaced or what you wanted was displaced. It was taken from you. Joseph is experiencing at this moment in his life, he's experiencing displacement in every area of his life. Homelessness has displaced a home. Loneliness has displaced community and family. A master has displaced a father. And slavery has displaced freedom. Joseph did not deserve this. It didn't seem fair. Even though he lived for God with integrity. We find this out in the future of his life. The man shown integrity throughout his entire life, but as a young man, he showed integrity. He didn't deserve this. He was living for God. He believed God. He believed in what God was going to do in his, his life. If you want to remember over in Luke, the 15th chapter, there's a story of another young man that finds himself as a slave in a foreign land. It's the story of the prodigal son. But as you read that story, you find out really quickly that he kind of got, he kind of had this coming to him. I mean, he was rude to his father. He takes all of his father's inheritance that he wasn't supposed to give to him until his father passed away. Went far away from his home. Went far away from his family. We find himself in a pig pen experience. We find him as working as a slave. You say, well, you know, that he kind of had that coming. But when you look at Joseph in the same kind of situation, he didn't have this coming. This was not fair. He didn't deserve this. He did nothing wrong. Have you ever felt like Joseph? You ever worked some, for something so, so hard? You ever put time in something, believed in something, only to have it taken away? As I said before, he didn't volunteer this situation. He was believing and trusting in God, and his life was taken from him, snatched away. I mean, something that you invested in, something, I mean, you had no control over that situation. Has anything ever happened to you about, it was almost like the enemy, uh, he walked into your life and took something, I mean, without any response, it felt like from the Lord? It's almost like you feel like, 
Why didn't God have my back on this? I mean, I live for God. I, I go to church. I read the scripture. I pray every single day. I give in tithes and offering. I support the church. I serve. Why in the world does this happen? This does not seem fair. Have you ever been betrayed by somebody that you loved? Have you ever lost something, somebody that was close to you? I mean, you invested, you paid your dues, you put your time in it, and you invested in something. You, you felt like you did everything right. You felt like you did everything that you were supposed to do and everything that you loved, everything that you held, held dear. I mean, just packed everything and walked out of your life, whether it be a relationship with a spouse, whether it be, somebody, whether it be a kid. I mean, you didn't do this. It does not seem fair. Thank you, Pastor Travis, for bringing that up. I had that buried deep down in my past, but thank you for bringing that up, Pastor. Hey, God wants to do a work in your life today. God may want you to visit some areas in your life through this series, and if you do, I believe that God is going to bring some healing in your life. God isn't fair, but God is something much, much better. These next three things talk about what God is. God, number one, is sovereign which means he is all-powerful and he is a supreme God. In Colossians 1 and 15, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and earth and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in an unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before everything else and he holds all creation together. Our enemy, the devil, has a temporal rule and reign on this earth, but we are not affected and we are not subject to his kingdom. The day that you gave your life to Christ, he has no power over your life. As we read this, we talk about how God is supreme and it makes me think. It makes me cause, or it makes me pause just for a second and wonder if God is supreme and God is all knowing and God is all powerful, why do bad things happen to good people? I, that, that is the million dollar question that we ask. I want to tell you something. God does not rescue us out of us, out of every situation, but He is all powerful and at the right time, at the right place, in your moment in your life, when God gets ready to move, it may not be right now, it might not be tomorrow, it might take a year, it might take a few years, it might take a decade or so, but on time, at the right time, and the right place, when God gets ready to move, there is no power in heaven or in hell that can stop God moving in your life because you serve an all-powerful and all-sufficient Savior that is, that is your Father that wants to move greatly in your life. Amen? I might start preaching here in just a second. So God is all-powerful, or God is sovereign. And the second thing we see, God may not always be fair, but God is sovereign. And second of all, God, actually this is number three, God is just. There's a difference in being fair and being just. God is just. In Romans 3 and 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified. To be justified means to be made right in the eyes of God, not because of anything that you've done. You're guilty. I'm guilty. But we have been made right with God freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. 
He did this to demonstrate his justice. Listen carefully to this. He, what he did at the cross with Jesus was to demonstrate his justice. Because of his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so, that, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Let me just break this down real quickly and give you the skinny of this verse. Because sin separates people from God, somebody had to die for sin. So what is supposed to happen? The fair thing would be that you die for your sin. But that's not good enough. Because you have to be perfect in order to be a sacrifice. We know this because of the Old Testament sacrifice. The purpose of the Old Testament sacrifice and the reason that we read the Old Testament is to give us an insight into what took place at the cross. What happened was that it had to be a perfect spotless lamb. In the same way, in order for somebody to die for our sin, they had to be perfect. It's not fair that Jesus died for my sin. What would be fair is that you die for your sin and I die for my sin. But that wasn't fair. But something had to happen because God is a just God. So Jesus stepped forth and God sent his son. And it says here, he did this to demonstrate his justice. He doesn't give everyone. Here's the thing about God being just. God doesn't give everyone in this life what he deserves. That would be karma. And there's no such thing as karma. I know that that goes against what we're taught, but I mean... You would have to believe in Hindu to believe in karma. But, or Hinduism. It, listen, God doesn't give everybody what they deserve. And I know that that might not seem fair, but let me, let me ask you this, because this is something I have to ask myself. What if God gave me everything that I deserved? Because I'm all about you getting what you deserve, <laughs> but I'm not so sure about me getting what I deserve. So God doesn't give everybody, let me, let me be more specific, not everybody gets what they deserve in this life. That's the next life. That's the judgment seat of Christ. That's the great white throne judgment. But here's what he does do. Instead of giving everybody what they deserve, he'll take the people who have suffered, his children, and even though the people didn't get what they deserve that, that committed the crime or whatever. Maybe it didn't work out. Maybe uh, it's kind of like Joseph's brothers. We don't find them getting what they deserve. That doesn't always work out in this life. What he will do is he will take the situation of the victim. He will take the person that belongs to him, and he's not too concerned about them right now that, that done that to him, and they, he, will, he will be faithful to them, and what happens is he will make some very good things out of the worst situations. He's more concerned about the person that is, that is struggling the person that maybe he is allowed to go through a situation in their lives, he, he, will, he, he will take that situation and even the worst, most vile, most extreme, tragic situations, God will make the most beautiful things out of those kinds of circumstances. That's what our God will do. In time, in time, Joseph's brothers, all this would come home and they would look him in the eye for this. It would take 13 years, but we don't find we don't find anywhere in their life where they, get, where they get what they deserve, not even in the future. They're actually blessed because of Joseph. 
We don't find them getting what they deserve. You know what that tells me? Revenge is highly overrated. It's highly overrated. I would much rather be a part of God's favor and God's blessing than for people in my life to get what they deserve. I'd much rather walk in God. You see, they didn't suffer the way Joseph suffered. They didn't go through 13 years of a span and a season of being a slave, a season of being in prison, a season of being accused, falsely accused for a a crime that he didn't commit. We didn't see him suffer like, we didn't see his brothers suffer like that the way he did, but we didn't see his brothers successful, blessed, favored by God, ruler of the modern world in those days. We didn't see the success in their lives the way they did. So that's what God will do. He might allow us to suffer in our lives, but he will bring purpose even out of our suffering. God isn't always fair, but he is sovereign and he is just. And lastly, God is faithful. God is faithful. We find that God is faithful to Joseph because he is always with him. And we also see that God is faithful to Joseph because he is blessing him at the same time. In Genesis 39 and 2, I want to go back to that verse, like the second verse through the sixth verse. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm just going to pull out of the things that God moved in his life and what Joseph did. I'm just going to, a few phrases. It says, the Lord was with Joseph, so, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served. Notice that, notice that Joseph decided to do something about his situation. And what he could do is serve with excellence. And then it says, Potiphar noticed. This pleased Potiphar. He put him in charge. It says Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property. The Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. It goes on to say, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibilities over everything he owned. As I said before, Joseph had no control over his situation. He, He was a victim. He had no control over what had happened to him, but he did have control over his response. Listen to me, you may not have control over the place that you're in right now. What has happened to you, you, you could be a victim. Maybe what, is, what has happened to you, you had nothing to do and you didn't deserve it. You have no control over that, but you do have control over your response. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. It, it, when you. When you say, okay, I'm going to control my response and I'm going to trust God, even though I don't understand this, Even though this doesn't make sense, even though this wasn't fair, I'm going to trust God. God will take you through every situation in your life, and you will come out more successful, more strengthened, more more purposeful in your life than you've ever been before. This is the step. Listen to me. This is the step, or the first step, to dealing with a bad situation in your life as far as being displaced. You find yourself in a place that you don't want to be in. You find, you find yourself dealing with a situation that you don't want to deal with is to see this as part of God's positioning, as part of God's plan. It's not, listen to me, don't, don't mistake this. It's not God's plan for you to suffer. But even in, in a time of suffering, in a place of suffering, if you will just view it, change your way of thinking to, okay, maybe this is part of God's plan. Wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to to suffer. No, it's not God's plan for you to suffer. But where you are, if you can see it as part of God's plan for where he's going to take you in maybe a few years. Because I have found out 
that when I, I might go through a season, I might go through an entire year of an area that I don't understand. I find myself in 12 months not getting this and moving and asking God to do something about this situation, and I don't even understand it until four years later. And then I look back and say, I, I get it. I understand why I was in that place. I understand that I picked something up in that part of my life that had me or that brought me into this place. Here's the point. In order for you to meet your divine opportunity, you've got to be at the right time. It's got to be at the right time, and it's got to be at the right place. Timing and placement is, is God's plan for your life. And what the enemy tries to do is he tries to displace you. And he uses that as a relocation to get you away from your family or get you away from so far away from where your destiny is. The last place that Joseph thought he needed to be at this point in his life is in Egypt. His inheritance was the land of Canaan. That's where his family was. He was prepped to be a next generational leader as a young man. The last place in his mind that he thought he needed to be was in Egypt. But get this. There was a famine coming one of these days. And Joseph's family would have to be rescued and God would use him to rescue his entire family, all the brothers that hated him. God would use him in the future for that. And how about this? In order for him to become one of the greatest rulers of the world, he had to get to Egypt. God used him being sold into slavery just to get him in the right place. Joseph still, in Potiphar's house, didn't see how it was going to work out. He was a slave, but at least he was in Egypt. And we know the story. He ends up being the second in command of, of the greatest country or the greatest nation in the world of its time. He had to one, somehow get to Egypt. He would have never gotten to Egypt had he not been sold into slavery. That's what God will do. You see that part in your life. You see where you've been victimized or you see that place in your life. You find yourself that you don't want to be in. You find yourself maybe out of work without a relationship. Somebody has walked away from your life. You find yourself in a, in a desert place or maybe you've had to relocate for some reason. Why am I in this place? This is just a step. This is just a step for God to get you closer to where he wants you to be. Amen? So that's what I want you to believe today. It may not make sense. It may not seem fair. But if you will keep your attitude right, God wants, God has a place for you. Psalm 68 and 6 says, God places the lonely in families. If you follow Christ and you live for him and you call him Lord, he has a divine placement for you. Wherever you are, whatever you're experiencing in your life, see that as God's divine placement and God will be faithful. That is my prayer for you, that you experience the faithfulness and the blessing of God right in the middle of the situation that you're in. I trust and I'm believing that you're going to see the divine blessing and the provision and the sovereignty and the justice of God and the, and, and the faithfulness of God right in the middle of your worst situation. And just believe this, that, that where you are today, even though it's really, really bad, God is going to take you through this situation and he's going to put you in a place that he has destined you to be. It might feel like you're going the long way around, but when the time comes, your time is coming. He just got to put you in the right place at the right time. 
You trust God. Right in the middle of your worst situation, you trust God. Right in the middle of, 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 of betrayal, you believe in God. Right in the middle of, of, being, of being set back, right in the middle of being left out, right in the middle of being kicked out, you believe and you hold on and you trust God. That God, I don't know why I'm dealing with this. God, I don't know why I'm here. God, I don't know why I'm having to suffer like this. But God, I trust you and I'm going to walk through any situation and I'm going to trust you with my life. I'm going to trust you with my family. I'm going to trust you with my finances because you've never let me down before and I will believe in you and I don't care what I have to suffer. I don't care what I have to go through. I'm going to believe in you and I know that you have something better for me. It might take some time. It might take some effort, but I will get there because I serve a sovereign, all-powerful Lord. Amen. Let's give God praise for it. Let me pray with you right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today. And I thank you, Lord, for speaking to people. And I know that you have have brought people here. And I know that it is not by accident that people come to services and hear these kinds of messages. I know that you want to speak to people wherever they are. So I pray, Lord, that, that you will begin to move on the lives of people as you've done, I believe, through this service. Whatever we need to hang on to, whatever we need to let go of, whatever you are challenging us to do today, I pray that our response will be yes. In the name of Jesus. As you're here today and possibly you live for God, you serve God, I want to talk to you just for a second. Then I'm going to talk to people that are not in fellowship with God. But Maybe you're here today and you say, Travis, you're talking today. You're talking to me about some things that are going on in my life and maybe God is beginning to deal with you. I would ask you to say this. Ask yourself this. What is God saying to me today? In this moment, through this message, what is is God trying to say to me? Is it to revisit a dream that I've let go of? Is it time to, is he trying to say to me, hey, trust me in this situation right now and I'm gonna take you through it? What is he trying to say? Is he trying to tell you to let go of some old hurts, some things, and just move on and trust him in a situation? What is he saying to you today? Would you give it to God if he were to ask you for it? I'm going to ask everybody, if you will, just bow your heads. And whatever God's saying to you today, I pray that you will just respond accordingly as I pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that is here and I, wherever we are and whatever we're dealing with and whatever we need to let go of and whatever situation we might be in, I pray that we realize that we can't always control every situation, but we can control our personal response. So our response will be according to what is best for us according to your will. Maybe we need to say yes to a calling. Maybe we need to say yes to go back and revisit and rekindle some dreams in our lives. Maybe it is yes to let go of something that has happened to us or somebody that we've lost. But I pray for every person, Lord, that is suffering, every person that is being confronted and challenged today, Father, that we respond accordingly. That when we walk out of here today, Lord, we've solidified a decision. And that we move on into a life that you have called for us.
and that we won't carry the bondage that we carry because of things that have happened to us. In the name of Jesus, if you believe that and receive it, say yes. I'd like for you to continue to bow your heads. I want to pray one more prayer. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, He is not Lord and Savior of your life. And I don't know what that situation is for you. Maybe you have never said, Jesus, be Lord and Savior of my life. You've never asked Him to be your Lord. Maybe that's your situation. Or maybe your situation is, Travis, I've walked away from God. I lived for God for a season in my life, and I walked away from Him. And today I feel like the Lord is calling me home. Listen to me, Jesus never walks away from us, even though we might walk away from Him. Maybe you would like to rededicate your life today. That's, that's okay. That's okay. You can do that. With nobody looking around, just between you and me, I, let me say this. I won't ask you to come down here. I'm not going to single you out. I don't, we don't do that here. This is a decision that is made between you and God, and we don't want anything to stand in the way of that. But I'd like to know if I'm praying for people. So if you can say, Travis, if you will pray that prayer, I need to get right with God, and I'm going to get right with God, and I'm going to pray that along with you. I just want to know, between you, me, and God, if you can say, Travis, that's me, if you'll pray, I'm going to give my life to Christ today. Just slip your hand up. Slip it down. I see your hand in the back over there. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just to let me know you're serious about this, and you're going to pray. Travis, today's the day I'm going to give my life to Christ. One more time I'm going to ask. Can anybody else say that? See your hand up here in the front. Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody. Okay, we're going to pray. And as we pray, if you lifted your hand, just repeat after us and we'll all pray together. We're going to pray this prayer together. If I didn't see your hand, that's okay. God saw your hand. More importantly, God saw your heart. So today is the day that you come home. And we're going to welcome you into the family here in just a second. But right now, we're going to pray. Let's all pray together. Just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, as I am before you today, I give you my life. Jesus, I believe in you. And I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and wash me whole. I believe that you died for me. And you rose from the dead. And from this moment on, my life is committed to you. Take my life and use it for your cause. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, guys, let's celebrate today.